G'day, everyone, and welcome to our second pod, Know Your Shit. Five ways to win your league. Mick, know about it. Know your shit. You need to know your shit. Otherwise, you'll be made to look like a dumbass. Listen to what we've got to say today. That's coming right up after these messages. But what else do you need to know about Mick? And how can you get an insight, especially if you are on an e- especially if you are on a Yahoo league right now? I tell you what, the guys at Fanta Z Scores are a fantastic bunch of people. For me, I've learned a lot going through their site, and it's helped me improve my draft game and learning how to punt, learning how to draft. I highly recommend the guys there at Fantasy Scores. Fantasy Scores integrates directly into your Yahoo League. It'll help you punt categories. It'll help you with waiver claims. It'll help you maximize your team's potential. Unlock a $5 US discount with promo code INSIGHT at FantasyScores.com and get yourself draft ready because they're coming at you very, very quickly. FantasyScores.com. The pod is coming up right now. To the Spurs foul. To Miami goes for the three right away. Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Will go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! What's good, everyone? I am Matty G, also known as at NBA G Wiz. And joining me for five keys to help you win your league this year is my good friend and the biggest of all the ponies in the stable. He is at SC underscore big horse, my man, Mick. How you doing, Mick? Gee whiz, going well, brother. And I like the fact that you brought up this topic today because a lot of these points that we're about to bring up have helped me in the past improve from being fairly average as a fantasy player to what I'd considered myself to be slightly above average now. You are well above average. And I think one of this is the learning curve. So today in our five keys, we're going to go over five tips in this five key segment to help you win your league. Now, these are all solid pieces of advice that we've garnered. We've asked other analysts, mm-hmm. we've asked the team together and just have come up in general conversations that we have, I guess, Mick. And, and this is things that people forget about, especially if you're newer to fantasy or you're within your first five years, people are still mm-hmm. learning this stuff. hundred percent. So, um, Well, we could jump straight into number five with what um, you're saying there and knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses. So one of my weaknesses was that I would get fixated on focusing on rebounds and blocks flat out. So I'd go and grab three or four centers or power forwards that would get lots of blocks and lots of rebounds. And I'd be really strong in those categories, but then I'd have nothing else and I'd be losing, you know, three, six or whatever you have you each week. So it was about broadening my horizon and realizing that you don't have to overplay in certain statistical categories, be comfortable in what you have, but ensure that you're covering other cats as well. Yeah, look, 100%. And then when you, when you're generally fielding a team like this, there is that categorical alignment, so to speak. So when you're generally picking up a center, you're picking up rebounds and block shots. What else is like vicariously through that? You have a really strong field goal percentage and possibly low turnovers. So there mm-hmm. is generally speaking four cats for the week. And if you're in a eight cat league, that's great because you're battling head to head. You've got to get there somewhere else to get over the line to get the majority vote. In a nine cat, 
it means you're pretty much losing it every week because yet centers or power forwards traditionally do not shoot free throws as well. So you end up kooking that. They don't facilitate unless your name is Jokic or Sabonis. And those passing centers are not a dime a dozen. There are ones out there that facilitate, but it's not their role. So you don't get that. So don't overcommit to a punt at the sacrifice of other areas, I think is the piece of advice from that as well, isn't it, Mick? Oh, 100%. Spot on the money there, mate. Yeah. So if you are doing, let's say, a punt free throws and you are focusing on, let's say, centers and power forwards to do that, it doesn't mean you're going to just completely sink your free throw percentage. Factoring down the line, because you only have so many spots for power forwards and centers, don't you? Like That's right. It's not a positionless game fantasy. No, you got to, you got to ensure that you've got each base covered, so to speak, don't you? So, if, if you're looking at going the power forward center route and potentially, you know, buffing rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage, and what have you, then you've got to look at guards that play those positions well and stack up those categories. But you've, you've got to look outside the box. You can't just pigeonhole yourself into four cats, especially when you've got to win five to win your round each week. Pretty much. And that's where it comes down to number four. Mick, what is number four? Because this one is specifically important. If you are doing a punt build or if you are doing any kind of build, even just not to punt anything, but just to get the best guys, Mick, what is the best advice? Because this is this pod is really called, Mick, know your shit. Yeah. So absolutely. what is number four to know? What is number four to know? Know your targets. So head into your drafts with a plan or a target plan per round, but don't hold to it use it as a guide. So we all know, and you've said it frequently, G, that when you go into a draft, you don't know what the other, if it's a 12-team comp, you don't know what the other 11 people are thinking. You may have done mocks with them, against them in the past. They might be snaking you for all you know and pick up someone totally different when the real deal comes along. So you've got to be wary of this and be ready to pivot when it comes to you've got a strategy, you, you lock it in all the time. Yeah. I'm doing it all the time, Mick. We, we draft. How often do we draft together, mate? I mean, we're trying to do it. And week, yeah. You know, and there's consensus, right? Like you'd say the top 12 picks are consensus. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Pretty much. So we all know how that's going to play out, but we, we, I mean, we, we want to win our leagues. Like we're competitive dudes, Mick. I don't want mm-hmm. you to beat me. You don't want me to beat you. You know, it's like we're mates, but you want to win against your mates. Yeah, don't you, want- you? You want bragging rights, hundred percent. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. So we did a we did a twenty man mock, and it was huge. And we have when we do our twenty man mocks at Insight, we fill them not just within some auto round. We get everyone we know who we play against in comps to jump into these. So I had yes. picks. I've got pick seventeen in the ball league one. I got given pick seventeen. I hate it. I played possum the entire time. I did not think of in my draft at all. Mate. I'm thinking in the back of my head the whole time, do not draft who you draft on draft day. Do not draft who you'll draft on draft day. Because I want to kind of, you know, play a bit of possum. But at the same time, I'm looking for guys who are going around that one. So remember, I guess the thing here is the mock you did is not the same as the draft you are in. The same players may have gone off the board, but they have, may have fought, fought, uh, fallen to different teams and into different builds in a different way than you were drafting again. So if you're looking on any of the live site tracking details, it's, oh, it's, I'm number one, I'm number one. And then all of a sudden, you're like number six, number seven, number eight. You're like, what's going on? I got this guy. Well, it's because other dudes are getting that. Other guys are putting their teams around how they best fit. And a mock is a mock. It's not a cash league, Mick. 100%. You, you've got to go in, give it a crack, because a 20-man 
mock is something absolutely different to anything I've ever done. It's it's hell on earth, isn't it? Like it's a painful experience, but you need to do it in order to be flexible, to be ready and to learn how to pivot because you can go in with a strategy, but there's nine other blokes you're drafting with. Your plans are going to change almost every time. Every single time. And we, we experience it all the time. We go into drafts, we prepare well, we have our, we have our, we have our boards. I'm playing with that all the time as well. Like where are guys, I will move a guy, not because I actually see them get better in a preseason game because the sampler, they might move up just because I know they're going to be snared. Like you took Mm -hmm. Josh Hart the other day. I like Josh Hart. I may not have liked him exactly there, but if I need to get someone who I want to fill a category I need, I might jump around early if it's not like egregiously high. So -hmm. you need to know that. And I think Mick, you just touched on the word pivot then, the old basketball give and go, the old uh, don't lift that back foot up. What Mm -hmm. is number three in our know your shit? So number three is a bit of a continuation of what we've been talking about. You've got to know when to pivot and have a backup plan. So if it feels like the score is falling around you and your queue is being decimated by your mates, the people that you're drafting with or against, and your punt plan is going to either plan or is going to shit, don't fight against it. No. You've got to learn when to pivot. pivot. Yeah, 100%. Mick, we've been saying it for ages. I know you've asked me this, Matt. What are you going to do? Just be flexible. Like, mm-hmm. have a backup plan uh, by knowing key guys and areas. So if you're not mocking now and you've got a draft coming up this weekend, uh, you're behind the eight ball. In fact, you're probably outside the pool the pool hall right now in the car with the keys still in the ignition. So really get onto it ASAP. If you're like my most of my leagues, we try and draft on the last after the preseason to avoid any injuries just in case because those guys might suffer a significant penalty. You might want to change your strategy. So we always draft on the last Sunday, basically, after the preseason finishes. But know where guys are going in key rounds. So if you can grab a guy and build strong and feed the strengths you've started, you can actually look to facilitate in other areas that you really want to target on. Like Mick said earlier, Mick, if you're doing that center's plan, oh, look, I need some more assists right now. Where am I going to start picking up my assists? Where are my point guards going? Where are my small forwards going? I loved your small forward show, by the way, uh, the other day. That was uh, a nice one with uh, old mate Braino. And that when you did that, did you do you find that like a, a cathartic exercise to be like, well, I can't have that guy there. Yep. hundred percent spot on because like it, it almost opens your eyes as well to thinking outside the box. So we did that because we want our viewers to see that there are positional tiers and that where we believe the small forwards are going to drop or be drafted in, in your relevant competitions. So for us, we don't want to see you reach a round or two early for someone that might be there on the turn. You've we really got to see you get it. We might want to see you receive a good reach around, but we don't want them to just let's be clear. We want everyone Delicious. to be very happy. We want yes. everyone to be very yes. Yes, we want Big everyone time. to be very well everyone being very well reached around in their drafts and not so much in their drafts. Mick, yeah. who's one on that? Is there one guy actually from draft here you go in your after doing your list or even in drafts that you've actually found yourself reaching probably just maybe around higher? Uh, to get because you know they're starting to build momentum up? Is there anyone around that? Scotty Barnes for me. It was yep. pretty prevalent in the game against the Kings the other day that he's going to be a distributor there now. Yes, they were playing Dennis Schroeder at the point, but it looks like the majority of the offense is going to go through Scotty Barnes. So for me, he's um, ADP at the moment's mid-50s, I believe. Yep. Um, I'm going to feel as though I'm, I might have to reach a little bit early to get my guy. 
I think so. I know you've been a big advocate of him. You've even sent me a trade. Yeah. You're in a there's a there's a trade that you're doing right now that's you're trying to get. Are you trying to get him or someone's trying to send you him? No, someone's trying to get him like off him. me, but it, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. When you sent me that, I'm like, are you sure that's, that's for him? His current, yeah, ADP is 51, ESPN 54, Yahoo. He's gone up. So he's starting to rise in Yahoo. He's gone mm-hmm. up to 52.8, so 52, 53. And fan tracks, he's uh, 55. If you're doing a uh, auction, uh, he's looking at about $9 currently, $9.53 as an average on ESPN. But yeah, look, Barnes mm-hmm. is one of those. I think for me, it's a sore Thompson. Uh, I did that pod with Mitch yeah. Casey. He bought him up. You know I was drafting him for a little while now. But the it's all starting to lean that he could start in Detroit. And if he starts, I think his runway is going up. So now, I mean, Mitch said it best in that pod. Uh, if he's comfortable reaching into the 110s, 120s for him, where this was a guy you were getting in your 13th, 14th round at the That's end right. of drafts yeah. in the 12th team, now it's, it's not going to be the case. And if he shows out again in the preseason, these are guys you need to be obviously aware of when it comes to your draft, know where they're going and what that really is entailing. But it's also knowing, like you said, Mick, I think you touched on a really nice point there. And it's our number two point for this one. If you don't mind, I'll read it off because you touched on it. Someone's trying to get a guy from you. And I see this very much. And this sounds like such a bullshit of a critical thing. It sans the art of war kicks in. If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles or in fantasy, a hundred basketball games because number two is know your enemy. Mick, it's a slow game. Fantasy is, is a long season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can't afford to be too irrational with trades or with the uh, waiver wire, so to speak. If you know that a particular player that you might be dropping is coming into a four game week the next week, so you, you've really got to play the long game. For me, this is a yeah. battle that I've had to learn constantly over the past couple of years, but feel as though I'm getting a lot better at. Yeah. But I need to underline the importance of this. You need to know your enemy and you need to know that it's a slow game. Like it's 23, 24 weeks of a season and then finals. Yeah, it is. And that's the thing. Like we're looking at 20 weeks. That's like five. We commit months of our life to fantasy basketball, multiple leagues. So we're doing this daily. Like even if you're not like Mm -hmm. an analyst, like obviously you're not doing this content and you're playing and you're in three or four leagues. You're trying to pick up one guy and then which one are you more competitive in? I've got to jump on this one first to get a guy that I know someone else is going to get. Like it's it's just like you're spot on. If you've, it, it is a slow game. And this might be the smartest thing we say today. Wait a minute. That's the smartest thing I've ever heard anyone say about anything. Because it really is. If you rush out the gates and you're strong, you also can't be complacent, right, Mick? 100%. Yeah, because can't. they're coming for you. Because they're coming yeah. for you. Got a target on your back, yeah. 100%. If you go out of the blocks hot in your league, you need to know your enemy is coming for you. You can't be like, yeah, I'm winning my league. No, you need to be constantly thinking about ways, obviously, to keep your advantage. But if people are going to be trading, what are they going to make? If if you're winning my league right now, what am I going to be trading to do? Beat you. I'm going to be trading to beat you. I'm I'm not trading to finish third. I'm trading to win. Mm. And... And I think it's good when you can find like I was about to I'm about to send you a draft on ESPN, for example, and one of our ESPN leagues. I'm like, what's good for both of us? Because you don't try and rot the system, but you try and build strengths by making yourself competitive, but also not diminishing, because you don't want to be the guy in your league that sends the crap trades. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be someone who's like, I've looked, here's a here's a true. I'm trying to get, you know, I love the paces. This is a true story happening in one of our leagues. I'm trying to trade for Halliburton because I got Miles Turner. 
So huh. I actually wanted to, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm trying to trade for Hallie because I've got Miles Turner. I want to trade for Bruce Brown because I really wanted to actually give it in my league that paces stack idea. I wanted to get a bit of merit. I managed to pick Miles mm-hmm. Turner in a draft. I thought, that's fun. Let me try for Halliburton. So I've got to give up either Dame Lillard or Donovan Mitchell, one of my first two picks, because I don't want to be like, oh, let me send you two mid-round guys for one. Because I want to give a guy who's good, and I know Skitty likes the Cavs, so I floated Donovan Mitchell out there. I've got to give him someone else. You don't just try and do a straight swap on a top five pick, do you, Mick? No. No, you don't. No. No, I've already been reached out to. So I took number number three, I took Jason Tatum. And That's I've right. had some offers for Tatum. Because yep. for me, I believe that he's going to be more efficient this year in Boston with the way their makeup of their team is now. And uh, I've been receiving offers of Kyrie and someone. And, um, yeah, just not quite cutting it, especially with the way Kyrie is at the moment and his uncertain future in Dallas. Does a certain Donovan Mitchell interest you for him? No. A trade involved with Donovan Mitchell? Why not Donovan Mitchell, can I ask, for Jason Tatum? Why not the number one option in a team with someone who shares – I mean, this is this is this is what we have to articulate because I'd be sending yeah. more for that because you would never do a one-to-one swap Tatum for Mitchell. No. Like you just would not no. do that. I hide I hold Mitchell high because of his points, his steals, his assists in the mm-hmm. team, his incredible free throw percentage and efficiency as well. Yep. But I know I need to, even though he is a teetering on the end of first round, second early second round guy. I know I would have to trade a, a genuinely good asset with that to even interest you. Mm-hmm. Because you'd have to drop in those trades a person out of your team, like someone who's not performing well. Um, Looking at your team, you've got a fair share of, uh, you'd probably do another center, another small forward, power forward in that rotation. So the thing is you look at that person's team and you try and give them something that they need in that trade if you want a guy to facilitate your team. Like how do you do do that to get better, but also not, you don't want to make the other team that much better but you don't want to make them that much worse that you be that guy in your, in your bloody league, you, do you? You don't want to be known as the bloke in your leagues to send shit trades because as soon as you see the text message pop up or the message request, you just it's almost like uh, subconsciously yeah. it's a no before you even say no. And Kyrie might be a first-round guy. Like Kyrie Irving is an exceptional. He is very good at the game of mm-hmm. basketball, but he's not going to do the things that maybe Mick is interested in in that team. So you see it straight no. away. You're like, yeah, I don't want that swap straight away. Like it's just I wasted. And you jumped high on Tatum. Like you went higher on him. I think he's a, a top seven, top eight player, 100%. Like I'm not going to dispute that any way, shape, or form. You wanted him at three. You went out and got him at three. You let mm-hmm. Embiid go, who was the MVP yep. last year and who has been consensus top two pick until the last two or three weeks, where it seems to be Luke at number two right now. So again, mm-hmm. know your enemy, make good trades, get yourself better. You you don't want to deteriorate another team at the sake of it, but also be active on your waiver wire, which brings us to our number one. Mick, what is the number one thing you need to do in your league to win it and know your shit? It sounds so simple, but you need to know your league settings. So for example, what is your roster size? How many active in your league? How many you got on your bench? Roster moves? How many are allowed per week? And does your league have a trade limit? You don't want to be sending out bulk trades and be stuck with nothing. When is your league's trade deadline? Because there's been people that have been caught out in the past with that. Does your league have an IR? That's a big one, which we'll touch on in a minute, G. And how long is your league's waiver period? Because you don't want to be putting a waiver claim on someone that's playing tomorrow 
if you've got a two-day waiver window and you miss out and you lose a player. Yeah, you want to be really active on that. And this is, it sounds like that. If you need to, was it Kevin Sheedy? You're like, this is an AFL thing. When Kevin Sheedy took over the Giants years ago, when he took over GWS, I remember he was the coach at the time and it was like, oh, Sheedy's yep. men. And they were and they were leading up to the the first game and there was like this little montage on that Channel 7 was rolling out there and probably Bruce McAvaney was narrating beforehand, no doubt. And I remember Sheedy there on the board and he was smacking this whiteboard and he said this, be the best at the basics. Like if you go out there today in your first big AFL show in front of the whole mm-hmm. world instead of playing in the VFL, whatever, go out there today and be the best at the basics because you can't yep. stuff it up if you're not if you're doing that. So no, you need right. to know this. You need to know how many how many moves, Mick? How many moves are we allowed in one of our leagues a week? It's a good question. I'm gonna have to look it up. I think it's three or five. So but we've got three in one. Yeah, we've got three in one, five in one. And four and another. So in our in the our, my ten year league, it's four. We got four ones a week. So when do you burn them? That's an interesting thing to think about. Like, mm. So know your league settings because if you've got if you're thinking, oh geez, it's five in this one, and you go and you burn your four, and you're coming up to your last, and it's close, and you can pick up and stream a nice target on a back to back. You want to save that. You want to try and fill that in at the end of the week when your team needs it especially come towards the playoff time when it could be close. Because Mick, what was it? It was three games that separated. Five from ten in our league last year. Yeah, I think it was four and ten. Yeah, it was yeah, really, really 10. close. It was so close. Like I had to get in there as a commissioner, go in there and move a team because they lost. Like they won against another team head to head. Like we had to go to count back. That's how competitive that league was last year. It was, mm. it was nuts. But this is the thing. Like they could have won that week, but they burned their spot early to get in front. They didn't, and they lost by two rebounds. It was two rebounds to make the top eight for one of those teams last year. And mm-hmm. they'd burned all of their guys early and they burned them on guards. They burned them on yeah. guards and small forwards instead of putting them towards, I don't want to say the bloke's name because I love him dearly, but if he had just saved him a little bit, because he smashed us, he like a smashed assist. He smashed steals. He smashed points. He smashed threes. Things that he tried to go hard on early, but he didn't need them in the end. He needed to save those for the cats that were close. And he, and he could have, yeah, come in. And he probably was one of the better teams in the league and probably could have given a red-hot go for the championship. Now, here's, here's a spot that I believe ESPN are going to be fixing at the moment. Yep. The IR spot. Yep. Yep. So mm-hmm. they're allowing suspended players to be placed on IR. Yep. We both disagree with this because yep. they're not injured. Bring Do I have to look at my phone? Yep, I, that's correct. They're not injured. An, it, could be in the next couple of days that this is going to be updated. Is that correct? Yeah. So I noticed in one of our league yesterday that Jar Morant and Miles Bridges were put on IR. And I'm like, that's interesting because that doesn't usually happen. Now, commissioners do have the ability to put players and make players suspended IR eligible. Some it's just a no. But in my in my previous understanding, ESPN didn't have that the case. So I tweeted out, I want to shout out to those guys because they were they were just absolute gems. Uh Doctora over like all the guys, all the analysts over at ESPN, uh, Eric Moody, Eric Carabal, um, Jimmy McCormick and ESPN fantasy. I'm like, guys, what's going on? And Dr. A, who was amazing. I'm like, just wanting to know, are these guys IR eligible? Is that a current glitch in the system? Something like that. Sure. Just let me know because that factors into how I draft. Um, So I just asked the question and it got picked up. Uh, by a few people and, and made comments and they're like, it should be, it shouldn't be. I didn't know it was such a source of debate 
but it was really good mm. and healthy too. I had uh, Josh Lloyd, who I respect massively, is a is a great basketball fantasy mind. He said he thinks it should be, and then he said he's one of his tweets was just rename inactive reserve. All this does is allow the top teams to stash him in advance to make their team stronger. It doesn't matter to us why they're unavailable, which is correct. We don't matter why they're unavailable, but let's call it how it is and factor that yep. into your strategy. Because if you don't have an IR spot and you take that and you think you have an IR spot, you are waiting 25 games. But if he is not IR eligible and you draft him, you might be put in a really big position of like, I'm struggling in my league. If you draft Ja Morant and you don't have an IR in your league and you thought you did and you want to hold him because you don't want to just let Ja back on the waiver. But if you're Mm -hmm. struggling out the blocks in your season, you might be faced with, with the challenge of dropping the guy. And guess who gets him? Know who is the number one waiver guy. Know who has waiver claim one because the best guys, if they're active in your league, they can take that guy before you get a chance if you're sitting at number 10. So save your waiver claims, I think is probably one of the big things with that one. So, I mean, people are going to disagree on this. People are going to agree. I know Doc Tora was, Mick, what, you, you, why, do you, why do you not agree? I'll bring up the tweet from him. Why, why, why do you not agree? I don't agree because if I had have known that before our last draft, which again highlights the know your shit rule. Injury mm-hmm. reserve, IR, means injuries. It doesn't mean inactive due to suspension. So yeah. for me, I was under the belief that you can't put a suspended player on injured reserve. But on yeah. ESPN, apparently you can at the moment. So um, that just highlights know your shit. And I probably would yeah. have taken Ja Morant instead of Andrew Wiggins in our draft because he was still and- there when I drafted Andrew Wiggins. A hundred percent. And also, and because historically it hasn't been the case in many leagues. So that's a, that was a really, that was a thing that we were unaware of because in one of our other Yahoo leagues that we just drafted in, you yep. cannot stash him there at all. You cannot put him in IR. Uh, we just tried and, and the commissioner had it disabled. So therefore it was easy and it was, that was the case. So it was also wide. So we've been told, uh, here we go. Uh, who was it? It was Dr. A is told I would be fixed. Uh, and Jimmy McCormack over at ESPN says, thanks. I'll shoot an email concerning this. And then he was replied to, it says, I am told it will be fixed tomorrow. So that is know your settings and know what people can do because someone could draft him in round 10, which is a third round, fourth round guy down the track. And they're going to get him and be able to stash him for an entire season late in the draft. So know your settings, know what it is. And again, this was a really healthy discussion, which I absolutely loved yesterday. And I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was very valid because some people are going to agree. Yep. Construct. It was constructive. I think Dr. A was like, I can't see it here now. He was, he put out a quote and said, uh, he thinks it should be, um, he thinks it will be, it should mirror uh, in real life. There you go. Uh, just think it should be mirror what happens in real life. So you have to, you have to wear it basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was an interesting point. Mick, thank you so much. Top five again. Let's go from the five, number five, Mick, what was number five? Know your strengths, but more importantly, Four. know your weaknesses. Oh, yes. Know your targets. Know your targets. Three. Number three, know when to pivot. Have a backup plan. Don't be locked into one way to trade or draft. Do. Know your enemy. It's a long season. It is a slow game. And number one, what is is the most important thing you should know? It sounds so simple, but know Mm. your league settings. Be all over it. Yeah, know that going into your draft. Know many, how many players you can draft. Know when you want to get those guys. Target your guys, get your guys, and make the most out of your drafts. We know they're coming up this weekend because these are five keys to help you win your league. Don't forget, to help you win in life, 
contact our friend Ryan at Astute. Ryan is an absolute legend of a broker. And unlike a lot of other brokers, he does not charge any fee straight off the bat. His consultations are obligation free. His whole premise in life is to give you the absolute best advice with your finances. Mick, I know you've spoken to Ryan about your finances in the past. How has he helped you when it's come to factoring in? No, fantastic. Re redone our home loan through Ryan. Didn't charge me a cent through the whole process. We were probably a little bit longer in our process because we we wanted quite a few quotes from different lenders and different banks. But yeah, he got us a great deal. And given the way it's changed over the last couple of years with um, coming out the other side of COVID and what have you, we are extremely happy with what he did for us. Yeah, absolutely. Because you don't need to be pigeonholed into one lender because Ryan specializes in residential home loans with over 50 on a panel, including the major banks. He doesn't charge a fee like we said, so you need to reach out to Ryan at Astute Newstead on 0431 766784 or email him, ryanh at eganwealth.com. That's ryanh at eganwealth.com and use the code INSIGHT to let him know we've sent you. Mick, thanks, mate. We'll catch up again soon for a mock. Thank you very much. Loved it. The big horse is out.